Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. As a young, as a young kid, I always got to be a shepherd in, in nativity plays. In other words, I never got a speaking part. All the bright kids would get the speaking part. They would get to be Joseph or one of the Magi or one of the three kings, as we falsely assumed. And the girls would get to play Mary and the angels. And so as a result, I always had this impression, this idea that shepherds were little boys with tea towels on their head. Cute, cozy picture. 
But shepherds were anything but cute and cozy. Uh, They were really scary characters. You would not want to bump into a shepherd in a dark alley. I mean, they were rough and they were tough. Uh, They spent most of the time out in the bush looking after their sheep, protecting their sheep from wild animals and thieves. So they were scary characters. They were also considered to be social outcasts. By many considered them to be social outcasts because of their long periods of time in isolation and probably because they smelt of sheep. (laughs) They were also known as thieves. You see, they, they were going through a hard time both economically and politically. Caesar Augustus was the Roman emperor and he demanded taxes. Herod, the the self-proclaimed king of the Jews, he too demanded taxes, and and very high taxes, to fund his building projects, the the, the temple and, and his palace, of course. And so many shepherds had to resort to stealing in order to pay these taxes. And Caesar Augustus Issuing a a decree that a census should be taken would just make matters worse. Because censors were only taken for taxation purposes. This was going to lead to more exploitation of the poor and, and most likely a violent revolt by the shepherds and others. However, God works through the the evil plans of Caesar Augustus in order to work out his plans of salvation. You see, it's because of this decree, because of the census, that Mary and Joseph traveled 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, the town of King David, but more so, The town, the place where the prophet Micah said the long-awaited-for Messiah would be born. In Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. In other words, the Messiah. You see, the Jewish people had been waiting a very long time for a Savior like Moses, a Savior like King David to come and rescue them from the Romans and to bring peace and harmony to the whole world. And then we read in verses 6 and 7, while they were there, that's in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. If you have the old NIV or any other older translation, it probably says something like because there was no room for them in the inn. And it's because of this one word, this word in, that we have this whole tradition of nativity plays creating this drama of this frantic search for somewhere to play and the mean, heartless innkeeper. Which 
at best, is speculation. And as far as we know, there was no inn in Bethlehem. And the Greek word used over here is katalima, which literally means a guest room or normal living quarters. They have a different Greek word, pandocheinon, uh, to, to mean inn. However, you know, uh, katalima could possibly refer to a guest room in an inn, but it most naturally is referring to a guest room or the normal living quarters in a private house. And so it's most likely that Mary and Joseph were staying with relatives. Joseph, after all, comes from Bethlehem. And it's most likely that the house was full because of the census. And it's also most likely a poor peasant's house, which would have been a very simple house. Uh, they would have uh, one story upstairs that the whole, would be one big room where everyone would sleep. And then during the day, the whole house would be used for household work, such as cooking and weaving and so on. But in the evenings, they would bring their animals into the house, and the animals would sleep in the downstairs section of, of their house. Some people would keep their animals in a cave, but the vast majority kept, uh, the people kept their animals in their own house at night. And because there is no room in the guest room, no space in the guest room, no space in the, the normal uh, living quarters upstairs, Jesus has to be placed in a manger. An animal's feeding trough for a cot. There's no drama in the story. There's no frantic search for accommodation. There's no mean, heartless innkeeper. But what is significant is that the true king isn't born in Rome, isn't born in Jerusalem, isn't born in a palace, but in the animal section of a poor peasant's house, lying in a manger in Bethlehem. While that is happening, out on the fields, a, a messenger of God, an angel, appears to a bunch of outcasts and thugs who are looking after their sheep. And when the angel appeared, we are told that they were terrified. Outcasts, a bunch of outcasts and thugs were terrified of one angel. Which suggests to me uh, that the angel wasn't a little girl with a tense tinsel halo around her head. The angel just dispenses their fear by saying in verse 10, do, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 
The Christmas story, the, the, the birth of Jesus is good news for all people, especially for the outcasts and the thugs like the shepherds and, and the poor peasants like Mary and Joseph. Those who are normally marginalized, those who are normally excluded, are now included and are favored. Why are they favored? Well, we're told in verse 11, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And then in verse 14, there's this whole host of angels who appear, and they say, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. What we discover here is that Jesus is that long-awaited-for Messiah, the true King, who is going to bring peace to all people. This is a highly politically charged statement. You see, Caesar Augustus, the, the Roman emperor, was honored with the proclamation throughout the empire, that, uh, uh, the proclamation of good news that he was the savior of the world and that it was he who brought peace. But what we discover over here is it's not Caesar Augustus. It's not a political ruler. It's not any political system. But a baby in a manger that brings peace, lasting peace. And it's this little baby lying in a manger, this vulnerable baby, this weak baby, that is not only the Savior, it's not only the Messiah, but He is the Lord. Which, which is absolutely mind-blowing. You see, within the space of, of just over one chapter, Luke, the, the writer of this gospel, has already used this word Lord nearly 20 times as a regular title for God, for God himself. This little baby lying in a manger is God himself, is the creator God, the, the, the one who created the whole universe, has stepped into human history as a baby. And it's through this baby, through this baby lying in a manger, that God brings peace to the world. And when I'm talking about peace, I'm not just talking about the absence of violence. The, the, the idea over here is the Jewish idea of shalom, which includes true well-being and harmony. True well-being and harmony within yourself. True well-being and harmony within the whole cosmos. And it's this baby who brings shalom. 
And of course, this peace is only going to be fully realized when Jesus returns and, and Jesus brings shalom to the whole world and restores the whole world. But even now, we can experience the shalom. We can experience this peace by putting our faith, our trust in Jesus. And this peace is the result of God's favor. In verse 14 it says, And on earth peace to those on whom God's favor rests. In other words, there is absolutely nothing you can do to earn this peace. It's a free gift from God that God gives to us through this baby lying in a manger. Where do you look for peace in your life? Do you look for peace through the Caesars of today, the political systems of today? Do you look for your peace through favorable circumstances and everything going well? Do you look for your peace through your own plans and schemes, your, your work, your money, your, your pension plan, your holidays? Or do you look to God? Do you look to this baby lying in a manger? Do you put your trust in God? The shepherds put their trust in God. They rushed off to Bethlehem. They went searching for this child. There was, there was a real sense of excitement and expectation in their response. And they found Jesus. And through their encounter with this peace child, they were transformed. They left glorifying and praising God. And we too need to respond like these shepherds. We need to search for him. And when we find him, we need to tell others about him. What I believe God is saying to us this morning is quite simply, come and receive my peace afresh. Within all this stress and the anxiety, in the midst of all the uncertainty and the constant change in this COVID world, we can know a peace. We can experience a peace. A peace that isn't dependent on favorable circumstances, but a peace that is found in a baby lying in a manger. And this peace isn't the result of favorable circumstances. This, this, this peace isn't merely the absence of violence. This, this peace doesn't mean all your, your troubles will be taken away and, and, and life is going to become a bed of roses. It's a peace 
in the midst of the chaos. A deep peace, that well-being, that shalom that comes from God alone. The God who was prepared to humble himself and become a vulnerable baby lying in a manger. Do you need to receive this peace afresh today? In the midst of the busyness of Christmas, let's receive this peace. Let's come and seek Jesus, just like the shepherds. You see, there's nothing we can do. There's absolutely nothing we can do to earn this peace. We, we don't deserve this peace. None of us deserve this peace, but it's a free gift from God. The way we receive it is like the shepherds. We need to seek Jesus. We need to gaze upon Jesus. Put our faith in Jesus. And receive his peace. So in the midst of all the uncertainty, all the stress, and all the busyness of Christmas, let's receive this peace afresh. Let's pray. A moment in silence and allow God by His Spirit to, to help us focus on the true meaning of Christmas. That God came. That God came to us in the person of Jesus. That God was prepared to become a vulnerable baby in order to give us peace. To bring shalom, peace. And in the quietness of this morning, let's just open our hearts to the Spirit of God. And let's receive God's peace afresh. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you give peace, not as the world gives. You give your peace. And Father, we receive that afresh today. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk